Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are three main groups of spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. There are those in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we call those the, the gifts of the Spirit or the spiritual gifts. And then in Romans chapter 12, we have what is called the grace gifts or the motivational gifts. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, we have what is called the fivefold ministry gift. And so let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 12. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Let's just stop there for one moment. It says, brethren, I don't want, I don't want you to be ignorant. And that was intentional because there was indeed some ignorance there in, in, in Corinth as it relates to the gifts. And verse two speaks to why, because the city of Corinth was, the people were deeply involved in idolatry, the worship false God. And those who got saved were approaching their walk with the Lord in the very same way that they previously worshiped the idols, the same mindset and the same activities. So there was much disorder in how they, they dealt with even the gifts of the spirit. So Paul wrote this chapter to particularly address these things. So in verse two, when he said, you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, he's speaking to the idolatry that they were involved in. Therefore, I make known to you that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's another very informative verse there because people would just stand up in, in the congregation and say that Jesus was a curse and say all kinds of stuff and claim that they were operating in the gifts of the Spirit and they were led by mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost. So Paul had to address these things and say, listen, no man speaking by the Spirit of God, if you're led by the Spirit of God, you can't say Jesus is a curse. So if you're, in other words, if you're saying those kinds of stuff, obviously the Spirit of the Lord is not leading it. So let's back up and deal with this thing. And you know, the same is true today because we can really tell some people that some of the things that you're saying, God tell you, God did not tell you that. We might not say that from the pulpit sometimes, but truly we know how God operates, the principles by which he operates, and, and we know the guide of the word of God. So Paul is saying, God did not tell you that, or he did not inspire you to say that Jesus is a curse. And this speaks to the gravity of the situation as it relates to the spiritual gifts. There are, are the operation of the spiritual gifts, how they operated according to the spiritual gifts in Corinth. So he went on in verse four to say, there are diversities of gifts, different gifts, but the same spirit. There are 
difference of um, ministries, but the same Lord. And verse six, and it says, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one to profit for the profit of all. That is a key verse. The manifestations of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the reason why the gifts operate in your life is for the benefit of the body of Christ. It is not for the profile of any individual. The manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different, different kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to every one or each one individually as he will. Unity and diversity in one body. For as the body is one and as many members, but all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. In, I think it was verse 10, it says, the gifts of the spirit operate as the spirit will. And that is another thing that we want to point out that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are of the spirit, they operate as the spirit will as, and not as the believer will. In other words, you can't decide from now that when you go to church, on Sunday, you're going to prophesy or you're going to operate in the word of knowledge um, on your own because they don't operate as the believer will. The gifts operate as the spirit will. So it is the influence, inspiration, and leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that God can't actually give you a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge from today for Sunday. That is possible. But you can't decide on your own that today I'm just going to operate in the word of knowledge and, and, and don't preach or don't sing or don't do this. I just feel like I want to do this today. No, the gifts operate as the spirit will and not as the believer will. So the believer needs to stay subjected to the Holy Spirit so that the gifts can operate as the spirit will. One of the things that Paul also addressed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that is the management of tongues in public worship. And of course, the whole operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in public worship. Now, the, the management of tongues and the whole operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit was a problem in public worship in the church in Corinth. And even after 
over 2,000 years since, it is still a problem in public worship today. Speaking in tongues is, is, is good, but it, it must be managed well. You know, we have to be careful how we go about speaking in tongues in public worship. It's not like um, it's a sin to speak in tongues, but sometimes the way people do it in church turn off unbelievers, turn off other people who would want to come and be a part of the church. I would not, would not want to invite someone to church and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody take up that person and start jumping around them in tongues and, um, you know, just walking around them and, and carrying on and, and then no word comes or nothing like that. No, I, I, that is not the best way to, to speak in tongues or to, to manage the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are open to the manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We would want to see the manifestations in all of our services or times of coming together, but the management of tongues and the operation of the gifts in public worship is an issue and we have to be guided. And I am asking you to you know, tune in so that we can better approach it as we proceed even in our services. As I said before, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for the glory of man. They are for the glory of God. All right, so it's not for the glory of men, it's for the glory of God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for embarrassing anyone. That's not the purpose of the gifts, to embarrass anyone. Of course, they might bring exposure, they will bring exposure from time to time, but the ultimate purpose of the gifts is not to embarrass people, but to bring glory and honor to God. All things were created by him and for him, and without him was not anything made that was made, and everything was made for his glory. Everything that he created, he created for his glory. Now, all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural. None of them are natural gifts. All nine are supernatural. So they operate only as the Spirit will. Come back to that point. They operate only as the Holy Spirit will and not as the believer will or not at the believer's will. Now, the gifts are not in any way natural. They are, as, as I said before, all supernatural gifts. You see, if they were natural, they would operate by the believer's will. But because they are supernatural, they operate as the Holy Spirit will. See, if they were natural, a believer could choose to just operate in the gift anytime. But because they are not natural, you need to um, be in touch with God. You need to uh, be connected to the radar and download what he's saying, and he will lead accordingly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are nine spiritual gifts, gifts of the spirit mentioned there. And uh, for study purposes, 
we divide the nine gifts into three categories to better understand them and to better study. However, the gifts are very closely related and most times they operate together. So when we understand them, you can know if there's more than one gift at work at the same time, or if this is just one gift in operation, it gives you understanding and you're able to proceed better. Now, we are going to start with the first set of gifts, which is what we call the revelation gifts. Or let me back up a little bit. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we divide them into three different categories. The three categories are one, the revelation gifts. The next category is the power gifts. They are called power gifts because they demonstrate the power of God. And the power gifts include the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. And then we also have what is called the vocal gifts. And the vocal gifts include diverse kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Tonight, we're covering the revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts are so-called because they reveal something. And the revelation gifts include includes the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. So let's start with the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God concerning people, places, or things. It must be noted that it is not the gift of knowledge. God is all knowledge. He knows everything, but he does not reveal everything to man. He only reveals a part of what he knows to man. All right? So the gift of knowledge would speak to knowing everything. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence, and a word of knowledge is a fragmentary part of God's knowledge. So when God gives a word of knowledge, it is a small part of what he knows he downloads or reveals to man. And the word of knowledge, another interesting thing about the word of knowledge is that it deals with the past and the present. We're going to look at a few examples of the word of knowledge, but even in contemporary times that we live in our worship services, from time to time, we see the, the, the word of knowledge in operation. And by the way, let me say that it is a, a good thing to have the manifest, manifestation of the gifts in your church. This is very important so that people will understand that the gifts are very much alive. They are, they're not dead, they're not gone with the last apostle. In fact, 
it is very important because the people who don't know God and practice spiritism and witchcraft and all of that, they tune into evil spirits and can, and can tell things. And sometimes when that happens, it makes some people feel like the only way to get in touch with the supernatural is to go to the psychics or the people who are dealing with evil spirits. When in truth and in fact, God wants to reveal things to us. He wants to have us hear from him and operate in the gifts so that the people of the body and people generally can be blessed by the gifts and that they would bring glory and honor to him. I'm going to make mention of about three examples of the word of knowledge. First is Second Chronicles chapter six, Second Kings chapter six, and we're going to read from verse nine to 12. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called the servants and said unto them, will, he not show, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. So that's the word of knowledge there. So the king. They were telling the king that Elijah, stay wherever he's at and tell the king of Israel the very words that you're speaking in your bed chamber. The revelation of God is able by the spirit of God through the, the, the gift of the word of knowledge to reveal what you are speaking here. Now, look at the crazy part of this. He told him that, and the king said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Now, if he's telling the king of Israel, Elisha is telling the king of Israel, the very word that the king of Syria is speaking in his bedchamber. Now, how is he going to set up something to catch Elijah? It doesn't, don't you see that Elijah would see that he's thinking about that? by the spirit of the Lord and be able to counter what he's doing. But that's how the devil thinks that it can corner God and corner the people of God sometimes and trick people and uh, you know carry on his own activities. But here we see where Elijah, Elijah was able to reveal to the king of Israel what was happening in the bedchamber of the king of Syria. Now, that is not normal. That is supernatural. The way you know is by 
the revelation of God. Now, there's another example is in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, and I'm going to read from verse 10 to 16. And when they came there to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets, then the people said one to another, what is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of the same, one of them of the same place answered and said, but who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb. Is Saul among the prophets? And when he had made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place. And Saul's uncle said unto him, and to his servant, where are you going? And he said, to seek the asses. And when we saw that they were nowhere, we came to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, tell me, I pray thee, what Samuel said unto you. And Saul said unto his uncle, he told us plainly that the asses were found, but of the matter of the kingdom, whereof Samuel spake, he told him not. So Samuel was not anywhere near the asses or, you know, where the operations took place as it relates to the asses, but by the gift of the word of knowledge, supernatural revelation of God concerning people, places, or things, he was able to reveal to Saul that the asses were found. And let me say that there might be a frequency of operation in some people of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit can operate through any believer. Once you're a believer, you're a candidate. So you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be ordained. You, you don't have to be licensed. You don't have to be born again for 20 years. Once you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be manifested through you. One more example of the gift of word of knowledge. And we're going to come out of the New Testament uh, with this one, Acts chapter 9, and uh, we'll read from verse, verse 10. It says, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise, go to the street, which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayed. And I've seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here 
he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto Ananias, go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias had no idea that Saul was on the street called Street and at the particular house that he was. And Ananias did not know. But the Spirit of the Lord, through the gift of the word of knowledge, revealed that to Ananias and say, Go pray for Saul. And when Ananias went to pray for Saul, of course, he was there. He prayed for him so that he could receive his sight. Another example is in John 4. You know, when Jesus met that woman at the well, never met the woman before, but by the word of knowledge, revealed that you have had five husbands and the one that you now have is not even your husband. I mean, the woman was so awed by the gift, said, who told you that? You must be Messiah. So there is a place in present day church for the gifts of the spirit, for the word of knowledge. And uh, it is important also to, to be around people who operate in the gifts of the spirit to help stir the gifts inside of you. you know, because I believe that many of you, God has spoken things to your spirit, but the environment that you're in has not really enabled a progression of those gifts. So tonight we ask the Lord to stir up the gifts within you and make an effort to engage people in whom the gifts of the spirit operate or through whom the gifts of the spirit operate so that it can stir up the gifts within you, that you can gain confidence over time to uh, step out in the gifts when the Holy Spirit moves upon your life. Let's move on to the word of wisdom here. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. So here is the main difference between the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge deals with the past and the present. The word of wisdom deals with the future. Once the revelation is futuristic, deals with the future, it's a word of wisdom. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you have had five husbands, that's the past. The one that you now have is not even your husband, that's present, that's word of knowledge. But we just read a while ago from Acts chapter nine, and I want to go back there and show you the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom working together. Oh, the Lord spoke to Ananias, and the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street, which is called straight. All right, so that's dealing with the present and in, inquire uh, in the house of uh, Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. 
God is talking to him that Saul is praying even right now as I'm speaking to you. Word of knowledge, past and present. And I'd seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him. So Ananias was not even there as yet. So that is dealing with future. So that's the word of wisdom there. Now look at verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things of this man, how much he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And there he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. And that's revelation, that was revelation for Ananias because Ananias felt like Saul was condemned. So for God to reveal that Saul is a chosen vessel, that was a word of knowledge for him. And, you know, God needs to speak that to people from time to time because sometimes we write off some people. We don't give them a chance of serving the Lord. So it needs to come from God sometimes that that person is a chosen vessel. And it goes on to say, is a chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles and before kings. That didn't come yet, that was futuristic. So that's the word of wisdom. He's going to, God is revealing to Ananias that he will bear my name, he will. It's, it's, it has not happened yet, but he will. Future, word of wisdom. The word of wisdom deals with the future. Let me give you a few references for the word of wisdom. But as you read through the scriptures, you, you, you will begin to identify more and more of them. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 17, down to verse 37, that's the time when Joseph had a dream. God spoke to him concerning the future, the, the moon and the stars bowing down to him and all of that. That was word of knowledge in operation. So you will find in the scriptures that sometimes even in, in, your, in your dream, in a vision, you can get a word of wisdom. In Acts chapter 21, we have another example of the word of wisdom. We're going to read verses 10 and 11. And as we stayed there many days, a certain prophet named Agabus, prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, not knowing it was Paul's belt. He just took the belt and bound his own hands and feet. So Agabus took Paul's belt and wrapped it around himself and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him in the hands of the Gentiles. So that was talking about ministry or something that was to come. That's the word of wisdom. Remember, the word of wisdom deals with the future. So the prophet Agabus came down from Judea and he operated in the word of wisdom saying Paul when he goes to Jerusalem will suffer many things and if you read the scripture you'll find that Paul did experience those things the prophet Agabus had the word of wisdom from long before it happened one more example in Acts chapter 27 verse 10 
very interesting scripture has a lot of different messages in it actually and it says well let's read from verse 9 now when much time was spent and sailing was dangerous because the fast was already over paul advised them saying men i perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss not only of the cargo and ship but also of our life that was a word of wisdom they were on board paul had the word of wisdom and said i perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss and if you read the story you will see that just as he got the word of knowledge so it happened again i think we have to stir up the gifts and encourage believers to walk in the gifts when the holy spirit uh, prompts you lead you influence you because sometimes you need information that you wouldn't have any other way of getting and the holy spirit can give you a word of knowledge have you ever been looking for something at home for days and can't find it well turn to the lord he'll give you word of wisdom word of knowledge on how to find it have you been praying about things that you're not sure how it's going to work and all of that go to the lord he'll give you a word of wisdom he'll tell you what is said to happen down the road? The Holy Spirit knows. Remember that he's omniscient. He doesn't only know what is happening presently. He knows all that is going to happen. Nothing takes God by surprise. God knows. Yes, I know it's kind of mind-blowing, but God knows everything that is going to happen as it relates to every human being for the rest of our lives until the end of this age he knows the third of the revelation gifts remember that the revelation gifts reveal something so now we'll look at the discerning of spirits and i want you to take note of the word spirit being pluralized the discerning of spirits all nine gifts are supernatural and operate as the holy spirit will and not as the believers will the discerning of spirits gives insight into the spirit realm and oh how we need insight into the spirit realm because if we don't get insights especially in certain areas of our lives we're always going to be contending with the symptoms as opposed to root cause. It is not limited, the discerning of spirits is not limited to the discerning of evil spirit. It has to do with spirits. Discern evil spirits, discern good spirit. The gift is not the gift of discernment. Many people call it the gift of discernment. It has been accepted even in the church, but it is not the gift of discernment. There is no 
such thing mentioned in the scripture. Discerning of spirits, see into the realm of the spirit. Discernment is about the natural realm. It is about being mental, fleshly analysis. It is about seeing and analyzing things in the realm of the flesh. And that's not where you want to see things at all. You want to see things in the realm of the spirit. The discerning of spirit is supernatural. It is not a natural gift. You can't just wake up and decide to look in the realm of the spirit. You have to be led, influenced by the Holy Spirit. If you attempt to do that on your own and manipulate that kind of operation, then another spirit is working. So the gift is supernatural and operate as the spirit will. I want to read two scriptures on the discerning of spirits. One is from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. That is discerning of spirit right there. When he said he saw the Lord, eh? talking about anything in the flesh, in the natural, he never went to any house to, to meet with the Lord and have dinner or whatever. That's not what he's talking about. He got caught up in the realm of the spirit. It's discerning of spirit. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And if we go on to verse 2, and, and, and above it stood seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And all of that was in the realm of the spirit. This, this is a good thing. Those are good things that Isaiah saw. So that is discerning of spirit, but it's not talking about an evil spirit there. God allowed him to see in the realm of the spirit. Every believer need to see in the realm of the spirit from time to time are concerning different issues that concerns them. So if you spend time with God, he will open your eyes to the realm of the spirit. The discerning of spirit will happen. But just because it happened one time, don't go off thinking that you have the gift to know things. No, the, the Lord gives you a peak into what he wants you to see. The discerning of spirits gives insight into the realm of the spirit. Let's read one more verse from Acts chapter 16, and we're going to read verse 16 through 19. Verse 16, it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now, that's interesting. She brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So that's the 
kingdom of darkness version of the word of wisdom because fortune telling is about telling the future. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God. Now, remember now, Paul and Luke and all of them did not know this girl. They didn't know before that she had a spirit of divination, but she followed Paul and was saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She was doing PR for, for Paul and Silas and Luke and the whole team. And in the natural, you say, wow, praise God for somebody like that. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Paul, through the gift of the discerning of spirit, detected that spirit and rebuked it. And I believe that there are many of you here that detect spirits that, that are not right. People work among you and you detect that there's a spirit not right about them. You have to deal with someone in the bank or somewhere and you detect that something is not right about them. And you don't even realize that it is a gift that is at work. I was on my way from the office one evening and a, a lady called me and said, I want you to come and pray at my house for me, please. I'm begging you. So I said, okay. I went there. Of course, she was there with her husband. And she said, while they're in the room in the night, they hear activities out in the living room. Like, you know, people are doing regular activities, watching TV and, you know, talking that kind of stuff. And she's asking me to pray for the place. And I realized that something was wrong. I, I started detecting all kinds of spirit. And I, I realized at that time that the problem was with the gentleman, only to find out that, ah, oh, this man is a part of the lodge and he's the one that is actually taking the spirits there. And um, we were able to have a, a time when some repentance took place and all of that. And we had a, a, a good time of prayer and uh, they were able to sleep well. But all that I'm saying to you in, in saying that is that Sometimes you turn up on a scene to pray. People ask you to stand in faith with them and you really can't make any proper headway if you're not able to discern the spirits that are in operation and you cannot do that of yourself. That is why we need to be in constant fellowship with God so that we can know when a spirit don't connect with the Holy Spirit that is in us, 
we can know when there is opposition to the Holy Spirit that is in us. We're able to detect what is on the radar so we can be more accurate and get the results that God intended. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the believers, to, uh, for the church today, the believers to operate in by the Spirit of the Lord. They never went with the last apostles. And without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we are going to operate in the natural and cause things to seem that the supernatural is only for the kingdom of darkness. That is a lie that the devil wants you to believe. Supernatural don't mean evil spirit or kingdom of darkness. The supernatural that God wants you to operate in is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the things of God, so that you can see, you can detect, you can confront, you can pray, you can accurately proceed according to the plan and purposes of God. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.